0: What makes Frontier Toyota so awesome?
1: They make it so easy.
0: They treat people right. They're straightforward. Frontier Toyota is also the proud recipient of Toyota's President's Cabinet Award, one of only 12 dealerships in the nation to win the award. It's our customers. Because at Frontier Toyota, it's it's about you. Come in or buy online at FrontierToyota.com. Frontier Toyota, Creekside Road in Valencia.
2: Hey, you found the Santa Clarita Valley Signal News Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Aaron Bender. While you're here, please subscribe, rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Grow our SCV family. We cover the news of the week, all the happenings in the 661. Later this episode, I talk with Randy Economy, one of the guys leading the charge to recall Governor Newsom. His group says it's gathered more than 2 million signatures and certification could be just about a month away. But first, I visit with Signal Managing Editor Perry Smith, who's also at the helm of the Sunday Signal. We run down the stories making news this week and what's happening in the coming days. Perry's one of the few journalists who got to take a tour of the new sheriff's station nearing completion on Golden Valley Road.
1: Yeah, it's really impressive uh, what $67.3 million can buy you in terms of law enforcement facilities these days, Aaron. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's, it's, it's all pretty much state of the art, which is great because the old center, uh, which they'd mentioned a, a number of times while we were on the tour was built in 72, something like that is when it opened. So you can imagine how much the Valley has expanded even in the last 15 years, let alone the last 50 um, you know, it was constantly like, oh yeah, now we have this facility here at the new station. You know, now we have a, a supersized helipad. Now we have, you know, an air compressor outside. So we don't have to like have an air compressor running while we're trying to, you know, take emergency calls, uh, just everything from the little things to, uh, huge things, uh, you know, as far as where they can store their command post vehicles, uh, everything's going to be upgraded everything looks brand new. Uh, and it's really an impressive facility and, and and I think smartly they put it right in the middle of the valley there um off of golden Valley right by us actually uh, which is gonna be a huge huge help for their response time I'd imagine
2: I'm reminded I've gotten two tickets on golden Valley uh, as the as the <laughs> you motorcycle do have to cops be going downhill oh, man <laughs> oh that uh, did they did they need to move closer to where they already set up shop to catch me is that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that hill makes it real tough. I'm, I'm always either worried about my brakes or that I'm going a little too fast for comfort. I hear you on that. Um, but no, yeah, just as far as where the valley's expanding and that whole area, this whole area around us on uh, Golden Valley is looking to be changed probably in the next 10 years. So it's, it makes a lot of sense.
2: You anticipate that's going to be the, uh, the furthest south anything is going to develop on Golden Valley or might they start to get rid of some of those oil fields?
1: that's that's a heck of a question i know they're looking at um you know what for years they referred to as that quote unquote toxic donut hole in the middle of the valley which is right around that area where they used to have munitions plants and and you know for years they had the leaching into the soil and you know they've cleaned up all the water and now they're trying to clean the property uh the final stages so it'll be interesting to see as the whole property gets mitigated in bankruptcy you know, how that ends up. But I I think you're right. I think there is going to be some development uh, around that
2: area. If we look at this week's news, a couple stories really stand out. The local deputy involved in the release of the photos uh, from Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. This
1: one is gonna be one of those ones, it's, it's, we're waiting for the court to kind of uh, suss out how that's gonna be released. Um, right now, C- Vanessa Bryant has won her claim that that information is gonna come out there. So we're gonna find out which of these deputies, uh, one tied to the Santa Cruz station that we're aware of, received these photos. And um, just from that standpoint, it's kind of just our local angle on this international story, obviously, with with Kobe Bryant and that whole tragic crash that happened last year that's kind of going to be going for, I think, at least a few years with the lawsuit that Vanessa Bryant has against the sheriff's department, I'd imagine.
2: When my family and I moved to uh, Santa Clarita a few years ago, we marveled at how smoothly traffic would run. The streets are wide. People are nice. Everything's cool. And then Up until the pandemic, it would just get worse and worse and worse. And, of course, during the pandemic, there were times, especially March, April, and May of last year, I'd go out and be like a ghost town. Mm. There is a traffic study that came out this week. What did it say?
1: Yeah, we, we had requested the data from the city just because we were kind of interested to see what kind of declines. Um, we knew, like you were you were seeing out there on the roads, that there was going to be fewer motorists on the road. Obviously, if you can't go anywhere and do anything, there's not much reason to travel <laughs> yeah. in traffic. Uh, so we saw about an 18% decline on um, some of the bigger intersections. And those numbers are, you know, um, it was just for the last six months of the year that we were looking at. So it was kind of interesting and, and went along with a lot of what you might have expected. Um, but we also looked at where the biggest, uh, where the crashes were likely to happen and uh, or where, where they had happened, sorry, um, as far as like kind of the, the busiest intersections, uh, what they call, you know, the most dangerous intersection right. where you're most likely to get
2: to. Are we, thinking, well, nobody- uh, Newhall, are we thinking boquet uh, bouquet and new hall? Are we thinking boquet bouquet and Valencia? What are mm-hmm. some of the, the problematic intersections?
1: You definitely just named two of them. <laughs> Ari, so I can tell you're getting your, uh, you're getting your feet settled here in the area. Um, <laughs> let me, let me pull up that, that data. If I can, sorry, I was just. Looking no, at
2: that's it. okay. And while you do that, I'd like to find out what are some of your favorite intersections? Because when people ask, how is it living in Santa Clarita? And I talk about, the traffic. Do you understand that there are inter- intersections where there are three left turn lanes? I've <laughs> never seen that. I've never seen There's like, what? Three?
1: The New Ranch Road bouquet intersection that you mentioned is the number one uh, with six collisions. But on the east side, we have Soledad and Sierra, which has also been oh, um, yeah. a, a situation that's been worked on for a long that's time. That's ugly. Yeah. Again, yeah, right there by the freeways, you have people coming and going all the time that may not realize what's going on. Uh, the only one that I was kind of surprised that actually was um, Lions and Apple, uh, mm. which is right there before you get to the old road there off of uh, off of Lions. And um, I think it's probably partly because they have that weird um, row of businesses behind the street that's kind of set back. So I'm imagining right. people come out of there and and maybe don't know where to go but the other ones you'd expect are, are railroad and new hall avenue is is has a the highest the fourth highest and then new hall ranch road and rye canyon right there. basically anywhere on new hall ranch road is, <laughs> it's kind of, people are going pretty fast and uh i don't know if it's a speed limit issue or what but you're
2: seeing more collisions there. as the pandemic slows down enough that uh, cities counties the state Seems like half people don't quite know exactly what to do with uh, outdoor dining, with businesses reopening. Are we going full capacity? Are we doing half and half? What's the latest?
1: And 100%, Aaron. And I think part of the issue is that you know because we didn't take a Mississippi or a Texas approach where it's like, okay, let's time to open up. We're we're hearing a lot of confusion, and we're 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 getting a lot of feedback that people aren't exactly sure what to do. So that's one of the things we're trying to do is talk to business owners and get you know their take on it, um, just to kind of look at how things could be done better and also what people need to know if they're going to be going out as far as making their plans, um, how close can they be? What sporting events can we go to, which is another thing that we're going to start um, seeing more of, thankfully. Um, so, you know, just we got to be cautious, of course, but it's, it's starting the time to get open up as the numbers get down and the vaccines go out there. So um, I think everyone's looking forward to how can we do that and everybody wants to be safe.
2: You and editor Tim White run the show throughout the week for The Signal, but the Sunday Signal is your baby. What do you have coming up this weekend?
1: Uh, we have some fun feature looks at the uh, for the Sunday Signal. I think one of the more interesting uh, kind of cultural occurrences that happens in Santa Clarita Valley is because we have the Western roots and because we have these show business roots. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting: we have equestrian show business culture. So we have trick riders. We have uh, some of that element. It, it is tends to be more toward the Antelope Valley, but we definitely have some strong roots in the equestrian community in San Canyon, in Canyon Country, Agua Dulce, as you go out there. And so we looked at uh, the family of trick riders um, that is really a kind of a neat story, I think. And um, the other one that I thought was really interesting was we we looked at a woman who, uh, she had lost her job with the pandemic teaching. She couldn't have her, um, she couldn't take care of kids in the classroom. So she actually, um used the opportunity to purchase a school bus and converted that into a mobile classroom. So that was I think, really neat. and um, she called it Classroom to Go, and it's allowed her to create these protocols where she can have kids, you know she has a whole school bus, and it's obviously it's a small group. It's not a full classroom., uh, but they go around and they you know, they sing songs, they have the windows open, they're getting lessons on the go. So it's
2: kind of a neat story. That's pretty cool. March 14th. It's pie day. What am I baking next week, buddy? (laughs) We had a chocolate peanut butter caramel uh, pie
1: recipe in there that you will definitely want to check out, Aaron. Uh, Thank you. It might actually raise your blood sugar (laughs) levels you're not comfortable with, but it's worth it. It, it. The pictures. Yeah. Um, and then of course St. Patty's day. So, you know, you need to know where to find the green beer and, and what's going on there. So
2: last year, I think for many people was the last gasp before the pandemic really took hold. Um, considering, I think it was March 19th that, uh, oh. that everything really kind of shut down last year, at least in California. So, uh, any, any businesses or health officials expressing concern about that this year?
1: I, I think there's always going to be that concern until the the rate is until they consider this thing defeated. Um, but I do think, um, you know, you're going to have places that are ready to to have some celebrations and they're doing everything they can and they're using every inch of square space they can, um, to get people in the doors and, and spread them out of course in those doors. But, um, you're going to see, I think, some a lot of events and a lot of fun and revelry uh, that are people have, weren't able to do it last year. We and we talked about that in the story. It's, it was right there on the shutdown. A lot of people, you know, it was already starting to come out. Obviously, if you remember, by the time they put that stay-at-home order, people were already kind of getting concerned, uh, and it was already. And then it just became like right then it was like, yeah probably not making plans for st patrick's day now even though it's, it's it's going to be in the middle of the week it's still i think gonna to, gonna to have a lot of events you're gonna have the green beer you're gonna have maybe not the same karaoke that we
0: had uh in years <laughs> i past. hope not i hope
2: not whether or not
1: that's a good or a bad thing aaron i don't know but um but it's definitely going to look a little different um but i think it's definitely uh, gonna have a, a lot bigger crowd and a bigger bigger turnout Uh, which I think restaurants and bars are looking forward to.
2: Perry Smith, uh, the managing editor for the Santa Clarita Valley Signal. You can uh, catch more of his stories at signalscv.com. Let's switch now to Randy Economy, the guy leading the recall against Governor Newsom. A big milestone this week, Randy.
3: You know what? Life's adventure, and it's it's a journey, and, and this is a marathon, this campaign. But boy, I've never been more thrilled to be working with Oren Heatley and Mike Netter and Robin McCrae and Dan Sione and and uh so many others at Lisa Heard and, and so many others who are the heart and soul of the campaign and they're all volunteers and they came up with this idea uh you know a year ago to kind of take California in a new direction so they didn't do something out of the ordinary, but they have become extraordinary. And when I say extraordinary, they they formed a coalition. They they decided that they were not going to take the word no for an answer from anybody, especially from the political elite, who have stifled and controlled California politics from the top down and bottom up for generations. And so it was because of them and their ability to say, "Let's let's launch this all volunteer." Movement, um, and let's see if we can get this done. And lo and behold, here we are, you know, 10 11 months later, with more than 2,060,000 signatures uh, on the verge of not only making you know history as the largest uh, initiative in the history of American politics, um, but you know, driven by citizens, but something that's going to really change the direction of California for, for this day forward. And for that, I think we can all be very thrilled and honored and blessed. And even if you don't support the recall, at least you have to be able to have a lot of respect for how the people have taken this upon themselves to get this done.
2: When you took this on last year, as the pandemic took hold, what was your timeline to reach the threshold? I think it's what 1.8 million certified signatures need to be collected, give or take?
3: Actually, it's a little bit less than that, Aaron. It's 1,497,709, I believe, <laughs> to be exact. Don't quote me on it, of course. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're, uh, you know, so it, like I said, this is the third time that Gavin Newsom has, uh, you know, there's been a recall, attempt him, a, a, a recall attempt against him since the day he rose his right hand and swore on the Bible on his left that he would uphold the, the constitutional laws of the state of California. And the minute he did that, he started you know, his his disastrous rampage uh, on all of us. And, you know, when he decided to go ahead and, you know, free all the prisoners during the beginning of this pandemic um, uh, and lock down 40 million Californians, uh, that was the problem. That was a big problem. Uh, and so we were held hostage, uh, yet he was able to go to some of the most exclusive uh, dining establishments in the world. And I'm mainly talking about French Laundry when he went there with 21 20 lobbyists with his wife to to go ahead and, you know, enjoy enjoy life on his terms, as opposed to the terms of 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 what he had edict for the people of California, you know, his subjects, so to speak. Um, So, you know, we we worked hard. Um, We're continuing to work hard. We're not done yet. Uh, I think we're going, you know, every day is a different phase of the campaign. Uh, and we have happened to reach yet another milestone, and that's why we were so excited to be able to release those new numbers last night, where we've got over two million and sixty thousand signatures, and the verification process has already begun in fifty-eight different counties. I think right now probably six hundred eighty to seven hundred thousand of the signatures have already been verified, uh, and a lot more to go. And uh, again, every petition is going to be looked at, every line is going to be looked at. Uh, it's a very, it's a very methodical. Process. It's kind of a boring process, to be honest with you. Uh, But at the end of the day, the scoreboard is California people have risen, and we got two million and sixty thousand signatures on our petition. Uh, And I think we're going to have a really wonderful uh, discussion and a great election this coming fall. I
2: I think the one point eight million. Not to get stuck on that, but I think the one point eight million I was thinking about was the. uh, I think your third party vendor had certified or at least verified that they were that they were valid.
3: Yeah, that's where that 1.8 number came from. So there's lots of numbers going out right there, but the main number right now is 1,497,000 that need to be, we need one, we need, We need. that's the magical number that we need to qualify, but we feel that we're way beyond that now. Um, So now it's just us keeping an eye on the politicians, those 58 different county recorders. We're going to keep an eye on our new secretary of state, Shirley Weber, who is the uh, hand appointed uh, pick of Gavin Newsom to oversee the elections uh, for all of Californians after he uh, picked Alex Padilla to go to the US Senate to take Kamala Harris's uh, spot uh, in uh, in the US Senate. So the musical chairs that Newsom helped create the chain reaction, uh, he wanted to stack it to his advantage uh, but the truth of the matter is the people who are in charge of this campaign are the people. Uh, not him, not the Secretary of State, not his Lieutenant Governor, Eleni Kulinakis, who's one of his best friends, also from San Francisco, who will be right there in the middle and the thick of the things as far as being able to certify the results of what we have been able to do thus far. Um, the ones who are in charge of this campaign are, are the people. And we're going to make sure that they're going to be playing by the rules. We're not going to tolerate any funny business. And if we need to call them out and an individual registrar recorder calling them out, we're going to do it. We can do it by name and we're going to do it with facts.
2: Remind me, because it's been many years since Gray Davis was recalled. If the signature gathering is successful and everything's certified and they say, okay, yes, uh, things can proceed. What happens then?
3: Uh, Then the magic of democracy takes place here in California and we get to have an election and And what happens is uh, there'll be a certain period of time where uh, anybody in California who's a registered voter, registered voter, I believe over the age of 18, uh, can go ahead and go to their register recorder office and pull out nomination papers and gather the signatures, pay a filing fee. I'm not even sure what the filing fee is, Aaron. It might be $3,000, it might be Mm -hmm.
0: $4,000.
3: But then they'll they'll gather all those names. uh, And there could be three, four, there could be 500 candidates running for governor. And then on the magical election day, whenever it is going to be held, which will probably be later this fall, uh, the voters will have two questions on their ballot. Shall Governor Gavin Newsom be recalled and removed from office you know, immediately? Uh, and if 50% plus one voter says, yes, we do, then whoever gets the number, that who, then there's gonna be a list of every candidate who is, wants to be on that uh, replacement ballot. And whoever gets the top vote will become the governor of California. And does, they will take that place and they will stay in office until January uh, 5th, I believe, 2023.
2: Does your group have somebody in mind who you'd like to put forward if the signature gathering is successful and something's on the ballot in the fall?
3: Well, I'm smiling right now and I, you can tell, but uh, no, we don't. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to reserve the right uh, to, to make a make a wise decision if we get to that point where, um, you know, candidates are running Um and, and we want to weigh in. We're, you know, we, want, we don't want to do this just to turn uh, the governorship over to anybody. We want to make sure that the next governor is responsive to the needs of the Cali- uh, Californians that have worked so hard to get this initiative uh, qualified. Um, and so we're just going to sit back. We're going to weigh our options. Uh, we're not going to make any decisions yet. We're just going to see and see how this thing plays out.
2: How concerned are you that the voters are just going to put in another Democrat and maybe that Democrat is Newsom's sequel?
3: Well, I don't know. I think that's up to the that's up to the voters. Uh, I think our job is not to put the cart before the horse. Um, I know that uh, right now you're I, I, in the end of the day, you're going to have a lot of Democrats who are going to run for a governor as well. They're just not going to sit back and say, gosh, let's just go ahead and put all of our eggs in Gavin Newsom's basket and try to defend him to the hilt. Uh, and on this process and on this campaign, uh, there's a lot of politically ambitious Democrats who want to become Governor of California. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, who wouldn't want to be the head of the fifth largest economy in the world and the governor of the biggest, most populated state in the nation? And you know, sometimes whoever becomes Governor of California has got the leg up to become President of the United States. So it's 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 a political chess game., uh, the parts are moving every day. Uh, Right now, though, I believe that we've got this governor in checkmate as far as being able to have done the heavy lifting and made the right moves on the chessboard uh, to be able to get the signatures needed to have an election.
2: Have you reached out to Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Rock, (laughs) Mary Carey?
3: (laughs) Uh, Mary Carey, yes. No, uh, seriously. She... The, I was, I was the, doing, I was doing, and no, I'm serious. I'm serious. The porn star, the ex-porn star who ran a generation ago in the. Uh, she got a campaign, lot of votes.
2: She got a lot of votes. She did. She, did you vote for her? I, no, I did not. No. I didn't either.
3: <laughs> so anyway, so, so her people, Mary Carey still has people. Uh, a reporter called me up and said, I don't know who the reporter is from. I don't know, I've done so many freaking interviews, but the reporter calls me up and he says, uh, uh, do you know how I can get a hold of Mary Carey? Because I think she's interested in running for governor again. I said. Like, I have Mary Carey's number in my (laughs) Rolodex, you know, on speed dial. Uh, (laughs) So, Aaron, it's it's been comical. It's been fun. I've got the greatest job in California today because I get to talk to people like you and other reporters about the journey. And this is a a made-for-television movie, what we're doing right now, because it's history in the making. It
2: was a circus last time. Are you ready for the circus (laughs) this time? Uh, You know, sometimes uh, circuses need to happen in
3: politics in order to clean up the swamp. And I think if you got to meet Orrin Heatley and Mike Netter on a personal basis for the two proponents and co-proponents of this campaign, along with uh, uh, Robin McRae and, and Dan Cioni and and uh, Lisa Hurd. I mean, if you really got to know the people that are the driving force behind us, it's it's literally right out of central casting. Um, and they're just regular Californians. None of them have ever been involved in the campaign before. None of them have ever been involved in politics before, even at the most local level. Um, so it's it's been a journey. It's been a heck of a lot of fun and we're just getting started.
2: Randy, it was good to catch up with you, man. We'll talk soon.
3: Aaron, you're the greatest man. And thank you for the inspiration.
2: For more information, you can go to recallgavin2020.com. That'll do it for this week's Santa Clarita Valley Signal News Podcast. Email me story or guest ideas at abender at signalscv.com and connect with me at aaronbender.com. Thanks for listening. Be well.
0: What makes Frontier Toyota so awesome? They
3: make it so easy.
0: They treat people right. They're straightforward. Frontier Toyota is also the proud recipient of Toyota's President's Cabinet Award, one of only 12 dealerships in the nation to win the award. It's our customers. Because at Frontier Toyota, it's not you! Come in or buy online at FrontierToyota.com. Frontier Toyota, Creekside Road in Valencia.